Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Welcome to the Women in Tech Weekly Remix episode. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. To connect and collaborate with extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. My name is Erica. I work at OnDeck and I am leading international expansion. We are building education programs for creators and founders and people who want to get to the next level in their careers. I'm based in Paris in France. When I quit my previous job, one of the careers I considered was going into venture capital and investing. Mm-hmm. And I spoke to, and because we're being like super honest about stuff, but like I spoke to somebody who was a headhunter for, yeah. for VC firms. Yeah. And when I talked to her, this person told me in some other words, but basically what she said was that I was too nice. Mm. And she said, you know, your attitude, your whole vibe and who you are, like the venture capital industry needs that. And I think that is the future. Like it's very, today is very male, very masculine energy. But today, if you really want to get a job in a VC firm, you're going to have to be more assertive, less ah. nice, more aggressive, because you need to convince them that you will be able to close deals. You know, <laughs> what's funny about that is that today I'm able to invest tiny tickets in so many companies that take my little money just because they want me in their cap table, because mm-hmm. they want me to be involved and they want to, they want me to help them. Right. And so yeah. I am already negotiating. It just doesn't look the way that you think it should look, right? And the funny part was that that person wasn't like, you should change. She was like, I'm with you and I see your value and I think you're amazing, but I don't think the industry will see it. Yeah. Right? And that was such a hard thing for me to hear, you know? That was so hard. And I was like, because in my head, my next career move was going, like becoming a venture capitalist. But then I was like, you know what? F that, like, I don't know if we can curse in this podcast. Yeah, do it, <laughs> like, do it. I was like, fuck that part of my French. <laughs> um, and, and moved on to something else. But yeah, I don't know. That was a lot of like going around in circles. But basically for me, the biggest takeaways was assume good intentions 
and people are most likely not out to get you. They're just too wrapped up in their own world, mm -hmm. thinking about their own problems to even consider what the other person is going through. And the second thing is you don't have to work with everybody. It doesn't have to work out with everybody. Like that's a book that I'm actually reading right now, The Courage to be Disliked. Wow. I never even heard of that book, The Courage to be Disliked. Yeah, it's a kind of philosophic book and I'm reading in the beginning, but what I'm hoping to get out of it is something I was thinking about earlier this year is that, you know, I love working on myself. I love like getting better as a person, but I am so afraid of criticism. Like not that mm. I, like I will take it badly. If you, if you give me feedback, I will take it well, but I am just so afraid mm -hmm. that like, I'm not good enough, that I'm not lovable, that I, it's just, and, and I'm thinking, well, if you want to get better, if you want people to like be able to tell you things, you have to not be scared of it. You have to be, if anything, like super open to people yeah. telling you like, you know what, like you can do this differently. And it's not like saying like, you're ugly or you're stupid or anything. If anything, people telling you, like giving you feedback is compliment to how much they love you and, and how much they want you to do better. Hi, this is Juliana Mayer and I'm founder of Superpass, the only one website and app maker for your content community and paywall. We're based in the UK. It's really cool to hear you phrase it that way because I've never really thought about it quite like that, but you're absolutely right. It was completely intentional because it was a very, very deep pain point that I felt. I haven't really made much music since I started this company. I didn't want to stop making music, but this was such a pain point that I felt that I had to go and solve it. So it was really a drive to solve this pain point. And because it's such a major pain point for so many creators, it hasn't really, the pain point hasn't really changed in the last 10 years. I think the technology opportunities of how to solve it has evolved and changed but the nugget and seed of of why the why is still the exact same why and it's just the how that has massively evolved beyond any of my imagination you know imaginings when we started and the, the second part of your question of was there stuff daunting absolutely like every day there's stuff daunting I'm learning every day even now I think the more I learn the more I'm aware that there is to still learn. And the way that I've always approached it really throughout is I always believe that anyone you meet, there's something you can learn from each other. And so I'm always asking people questions, really listening. And I think a lot of how we've built the product we've built is really just by listening to our customers and, you know, not even just our customers, but just people, anyone I talk to anywhere, I'm always listening, like, what is their challenge? And I always say that, you know, if someone's interested in Superpass, I say, well, let's have a call and I want to hear about your challenges. I don't say, you know, I want to tell you about how a product can help you. I say, I want to hear about your challenges because that's the thing that interests me. And then the puzzle I like to solve is, oh, well, this is how we can solve your challenges. But often I hear about challenges that like not that many people are talking about. And, you know, in the first few, the first couple of years of Superpass, I went around the industry, music industry, and, and did hundreds of interviews. I mean, it was kind of, it was like business meetings, but for me, it felt like interviews where I was actually talking to them about their fan clubs and their super fans and their, you know, marketing channels and what what's worked for them and what hasn't. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough to sit in the offices of some of the, the biggest bands in the entire planet and hearing about their fan club and super fan experiences over the last few decades. I mean, it's been incredible, the stuff that I've kind of <laughs> been able to, you know, hear firsthand um, and, you know, still pinch myself at some, some of those opportunities. But that's how I approach everything. And, you know, it's not just in music, it's across all kinds of things. Some of the authors that I've been able to speak to and 
just leaders across lots of industries and and really the pain points are shared. They're the same pain points. And, you know, I, I think that we are lucky to be solving them in a way that is fairly unique. I, I'm not aware of any product out there that's really doing what we're doing. There's lots of solutions that address slices of what we're doing. And, but all of it together, it does feel like, yeah, that we're basically leading the market in that. Hi everyone, I'm Mary Siebert. I work as a community manager at Major League Hacking, where we empower student hackers all across the globe. I'm based in Brooklyn, New York. Absolutely. I meet so many people who tell me that they went to a hackathon, you know, thinking maybe I'm interested in this aspect of tech and they come out discovering there's 10 other areas of tech that they're even more interested in. And so I think it really, it really is a great way to do exactly what you were saying, like get a little bit of a taste of what different fields might look like and trial run them out in a very short amount of time. Totally. And Mary, for the people listening who are still nervous, where can they connect with you if they have questions? And even the people that are really experienced that are like, is this even worth my time? Where can everybody connect with you if they have questions? Yeah. So if you have questions specifically about MLH or trying to figure out which hackathon you want to go to or anything like that, you can shoot me an email email at league at mlh.io. It's L-E-A-G-U-E at mlh.io. So that inbox will go to our team and we're happy to, you know, kind of hear what you're interested in and help match you up with the right event. So just shoot us an email there. And then if you want to ask me questions on Twitter or anything like that, I'm just at MP Siebert on Twitter. And that's M-P-S-I-E-B-E-R-T on Twitter. Thanks so much, Mary. So Mary, let's get into your life in tech, how you immersed yourself in the tech world. When did you first become interested in the tech space? Were you a little girl? Was it later in life? Yeah, so it was a lot later for me, actually. I went to college not having any idea what I wanted to study. And a lot of other people kind of go in in that boat as well. Um, At first and back then, I grew up in Kansas right in the middle of the U.S. And my school didn't do any sort of CS classes in grade or high school or anything like that. So I started college, not sure what I wanted to do. My brother convinced me to take an intro to computer science class. So I had very low expectations, just kind of was like, you know, I'll sign up for it. I'll see what it's about. And I just immediately fell in love with it. I was in the class for a few weeks, probably before I decided to make my major computer science. And that's how I got started, kind of uh, like stumbled upon it. I I think I got kind of lucky in that someone told me, you know, you might enjoy this. That was my first experience with CS was just taking a class as a uh, college freshman. And then starting to get more into CS education, my first education experience was I started TAing that first class that I took. Um, And very quickly, I was started to realize how much I enjoyed teaching other people how to code. And so after that, I uh, spent a summer teaching coding classes um, and fell in love with it even more. And then after working for a bit as a full-time developer, I realized, you know, I think I really want to be in the tech education space versus working as a full-time developer. So that's kind of the, the short story of how I got from point A to B. And how did you discover Major League Hacking? Yes. So I 
attended a hackathon at the university I went to, Kansas State University, and um, really enjoyed it, had a fun time. And then the next year I organized the event. So some of my friends were organizing it, asked me if I wanted to help out, and I did. And then I got involved with MLH through that. I attended our organizer conference, HackCon, got to meet some people on the team, heard about some job openings, and then kind of went from there. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.